leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Therapies are changing the way physicians treat various cancers, enabling and enlisting a patient's immune system in the fight against a deadly disease. But this approach has largely been limited to the field of oncology. Sonera Therapeutics, which is developing new anti-infectives, is using its CloudBreak platform to develop antibody drug conjugates that directly kill pathogens and also direct a patient's immune cells to attack and eliminate bacterial, fungal, or viral pathogens. We spoke to Jeff Stein, CEO of Sedara Therapeutics, about the company's platform technology, the pipeline it's advancing, and why innovative approaches are needed to address infectious disease. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Daniel, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. We're going to talk about Sedara, its CloudBreak platform, and its efforts to develop new anti-infectives. We're going to be using some terms like immunotherapies and antibody drug conjugates that are terms I think people associate with innovative cancer therapies. As you think about the types of diseases you're addressing, do you think one of the problems has been the lack of innovation in the development of new therapies? Oh, absolutely. In infectious disease, that, that's clearly the case. Um, you know, if, if we focus on antibacterials, um, all the currently uh, available antibacterial drugs, and even many of those in, currently in development, are directed against the same set of targets that the antibacterial drugs from the 40s through, uh, you know, just recently have been directed against. So there have not been any real fundamentally new approaches. Uh, and when you boil it down real simplistically, you know, there have been really two approaches to uh, treat or prevent bacterial infections. One is to use a small molecule drug, penicillin, ampicillin are names that should be familiar to, to everybody, or uh, a vaccine where you amplify the immune system. What we're trying to do at Sidera is really inspired by what's happening uh, in immuno-oncology, but at the same time, it's combining that approach of having a small molecule drug directed against a target, but then engaging the human immune system to help amplify that effect. Well, if we think about just antibiotics alone, what's the opportunity for development? What's, how, how big is the need? 
Well, it's an enormous need, primarily because of the rise of multidrug-resistant bacteria and the simultaneous decrease in the number of new drugs being developed. So that's a bad combination. Um, as many of your audience will probably know, uh, large pharmaceutical companies have largely discontinued the discovery and development of new antibacterial drugs. And it's up to small companies to uh, take up the reins and innovate in this field. And Sidera is definitely one of those small companies. We've seen some incentives be put into place to encourage the development of new antibiotics in the face of both the rise of superbugs and the movement of drug developers away from, from that area. As someone who's been in the space for a while, have you seen the landscape change in any positive way? Uh, it has changed in a positive way, starting with the passage of the GAIN Act back in 2012. Uh, this received bipartisan support in Congress and in the Senate, something that is increasingly rare, but I think it's a testimony to how this urgent need is being perceived by legislators. Um, that was really helpful because it provided an additional five years of patent exclusivity uh, for drugs that meet the criteria of the GAIN Act, uh, also allowed for priority review, so it expedited the review and uh, presumably the approval of these drugs. Generally, the industry views that as a fantastic start. There are several companies that exist today that would not exist if not for the GAIN Act. However, it doesn't address the main problem in this therapeutic area, and that is reimbursement. Um, you know, it's been, it's very challenging to, for companies to get reimbursed to, to provide new drugs. Um, you know, there's a thing called DRG, drug-related group reimbursement, where a hospital pharmacy gets a fixed payment, uh, and it's in their best interest to keep that fixed payment to treat a patient. And consequently, there's a very strong incentive to use the cheapest drug as opposed to the most innovative and effective drug. And that challenge has resulted in some um, disappointing uh, commercial launches of antibiotics, and investors see that, both private investors like venture capitalists and public institutional investors, and it's getting increasingly difficult to finance uh, small companies from discovery all the way through approval, and that's one of the major things that uh, you know the industry is focused on. Well, let's talk about your CloudBreak platform. What is CloudBreak and how does it work? Well, it's an immunotherapy platform specifically. It's, it's a bi-specific immunotherapy. Uh, and as mentioned, truly inspired by what has revolutionized oncology. Uh, so think back in the 70s, um, in, you know, for oncology drugs, they were relatively toxic, um, nonspecific. Uh, they killed cancer cells, but were equally adept at killing healthy cells. And uh, so that left, uh, you know, so what was available at the time was a handful of relatively toxic drugs with really uh, bad side effects. Um, antibacterial drugs since inception are toxic molecules. Now, we have the advantage that, by and large, 
those drugs uh, are hitting targets on bacteria, which generally are not present in humans. So you have a big, bigger therapeutic uh, window. However, bacteria are very adept at generating resistance. They can uh, preferentially replicate if they can, uh, if one cell uh, can avoid that drug, uh, it will preferentially replicate and the next generations of that cell uh, will then be resistant. Um, for reasons we don't fully understand, healthy people can get bacterial infections, fungal infections, viral infections. Um, you know, we are on a daily basis bombarded by these cells. Um, you know, with respect to fungi, you're inhaling some 10,000 fungal cells every 24 hours. Um, most of us don't get sick, but sometimes we do. Uh, when we do get sick, that's a failure of the immune system. So the idea behind Cloudbreak is, well, let's engage the immune system. So what we do is, it, you know, while akin to what's happening in oncology, it's actually the reverse. Um, in the case of a bispecific, meaning you have a molecule with two different ends, in oncology, the end that engages the cancer cell is generally an antibody that uh, hits a target on the surface of the cancer cell that is overexpressed. And on the back end, you would have a drug uh, that would kill that cancer cell. With our cloud break system, on the front end, meaning the end that engages the pathogen, it's actually a drug. And for several of our molecules that we have developed against bacteria, fungi, and viruses, uh, that can be an existing known drug that has been modified to more tightly bind the pathogen. On the back end, we actually have the immune component, uh, and this is a portion of a human antibody that amplifies the immune system. So as you can see, we have a, a real one-two punch. We have the front end that in many cases can kill the pathogen, but in those rare cases where it binds but doesn't kill, uh, the back end comes in and amplifies a highly localized immune response. Well, that's interesting because I think of the, the antibody in an antibody drug conjugate serving as the targeting mechanism. Exactly, exactly. Uh, in our case, we, you know, we refer to those two different ends as the targeting moiety and the effector moiety. In our case, that targeting moiety is a small molecule drug or a you know, version of a known small molecule drug. And on the back end, that effector moiety is the part that engages the immune system. Is the, anti is the antibody derived from the pathogen itself? No, no, it is not. It's, it's actually a fragment of the uh, of human antibodies called the FC domain uh, of the human antibody. If you think about um, you know, the classical Y-shaped antibody, uh, you take off the two arms, and this is a portion of kind of the stock of a human antibody that uh, binds to receptors, immunoglobulin receptors, that uh, then amplify a localized immune response. I know you talk about the cloud break drugs not only combating infectious disease, but also preventing it. Would, would these be mm -hmm. used prophylactically at all? 
Absolutely. Uh, by virtue of having that fragment of the antibody, uh, you get improved pharmacokinetics with extremely long half-lives. So these are drugs that could be used uh, either pre or post exposure for prophylaxis uh, or for treatment because they have the benefit of, of both that antibody response as well as that small molecule response. Does this do anything to, to address the issue of resistance other than just providing a bigger arsenal? Uh, well, yes. The um, front end, that targeting moiety, is a modified version of an existing antibiotic in the case of an antibacterial or an antiviral or antifungal drug. Uh, and it's modified to avoid the known resistance mechanisms. You're, you're focused on gram-negative bacterial infections. Is that a market decision or is that a, a function of the CloudBreak technology? Uh, that was a function of both when we started that program several years ago. Uh, that was the biggest unmet need was for gram-negative, novel gram-negative drugs to target the most resistant strains. Um, at the same time, you, you know, we're seeing uh, some you know, very potent new anti-gram-negative uh, drugs being introduced in the market, and that's really encouraging. But we're always going to need a pipeline of new approaches. Um, we believe that our CloudBreak approach to gram-negatives does address uh, a unmet need that is not filled by the drugs we are aware of in the pipeline, and that is for this prolonged effect uh, and the amplified effect of engaging the patient's immune system. Even though we've been talking about cloud break in, in the context of antibacterials, this is something that can be used to develop anti-infectives broadly? Yes, yes. In fact, the newest program uh, that we haven't talked about uh, until recently uh, has been our antiviral program. Uh, we actually expect to disclose more details of that program at a uh, conference in October. This is the uh, World Antimicrobial Resistance Conference in Washington, D.C. on October 25th and 26th. So our Patent applications have matured to the uh, point where we feel more comfortable about it, disclosing more details of that program. So we look forward to to sharing that with a uh, to, with a broader audience at that time. While your cloud bank candidates are preclinical, you're moving towards late stage trials for your antifungal candidate, resifungin. What's mm -hmm. the need for antifungals? Boy, that's, that's an enormous unmet need for antifungals. Um, you know, if you're a Physician, infectious disease physician, and you're you have a patient with a uh, bacterial infection. You actually have a booklet, you know, with some 25, 30 pages that you can leaf through to, you know, to evaluate the available antibacterial drugs that could potentially treat that patient. Um, if you have a patient that has a fungal infection. Uh, you have a two-sided card. 
Uh, and so the, the choices are much more limited. There are, you know, whereas there are upwards of 17 classes of antibacterial drugs, there are only three classes of antifungal drugs. The most recently introduced class, the echinocandins, were introduced some 17 years ago. So resistance is growing, and most importantly, uh, with the exception of the echinocandin class, the other two remaining classes of antifungals have a lot of issues, uh, toxicity and drug-drug interactions. And your typical patient with a fungal infection is on multiple drugs. Uh, many of these patients um, are, in fact, cancer patients uh, undergoing bone marrow transplant. Uh, and they have uh, immune systems which have been uh, down-tuned with drugs so that this transplant can take place, so it's not rejected. Well, whenever you have a down-tuned immune system, uh, you are highly susceptible to a fungal infection. Um, you know, when I mentioned those, you know, 10,000 cells on average of fungal spores that you inhale, well, if your immune system uh, is down-tuned, uh, you are highly susceptible to getting infected. And the mortality rate, once you are infected, are much higher than your typical bacterial infection. In the case of uh, aspergillosis, you know, that can be upwards of a 50% mortality rate. Uh, with candidemia or invasive candidiasis, that mortality rate ranges from you know, 30 to 70%. So nobody wants to get a fungal infection, uh, and so there's a you know, clear need for new approaches. Um, the drug that we are starting phase three with this year uh, is called lesifungin. It's a once-a-week echinocandin, and the most important aspect of this, it's the first echinocandin that has been developed uh, to provide exposure, meaning the concentration of drug in the body, that is consistent with the what's called the pharmacokinetic driver of efficacy. And in that class, that means you need to have as much exposure up front in order to kill the pathogen. None of the other currently available echinocandins, and there are only three available, uh, are able to be dosed in this manner. And so we're really excited about that opportunity to result in uh, improved outcomes, but also to discharge patients in the hospital. So again, to draw the extinction, uh, distinction uh, with the bacterial infection, many bacterial infections um, are, you know, occur outside the hospital and result in subsequent hospitalization of the patient. Uh, almost all fungal infections are acquired inside the hospital, and that you know, gives you enormous risk. And so physicians want to get these patients out of the hospital as quickly as possible, and lesifungin looks like it's the best drug that will enable physicians to do so. What's the path forward? What's the expected timeline? Well, we're starting up uh, two phase three studies. Uh, one is for treatment, and that is for severe uh, infections caused by uh, candida, can so can candidemia and invasive candidiasis in hospitalized patients. Uh, in fact, just this weekend, we will be starting our U.S. Uh, investigators meeting, and uh, next week we'll start our ex-U.S. investigators meeting, uh, and that's to 
gather all the investigators at the clinical trial sites to educate them on the protocol. And right after that, we start. We plan to start that phase three study. Uh, that will be uh, about a two-year study. Uh, and so we hope to get the results by the end of 2020 uh, or early 2021. And on a similar development path is the prophylaxis phase three. This is going to be in allogeneic bone marrow transplant patients. Um, you know, these are patients that have a variety of different cancers that necessitate a replacement of the bone marrow, uh, and they have debilitated immune systems and are highly vulnerable to severe infections caused by Canada, uh, caused by aspergillus and pneumocystis. Um, and so there's a real need for new drugs uh, uh, for these patients, and we plan to provide that during the course of our Phase three program. Jeff Stein, CEO of Sidera Therapeutics. Jeff, thanks as always. Oh, thanks so much, Daniel. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.